Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. All right, give me a second to get settled. I've got so much, so many things in my pockets. I'm on double duty today doing worship, preaching the word, and then I'm going to do our deeper class tonight. So I'm just, I'm, look, to be honest with you, I've been um, in Arkansas all week on the lake, and so I kind of, kind of deserve this. Um, I'm joking. I'm making fun. I'm just glad. You know, I, I feel like every time I leave Hammond to go somewhere and then I come back is whenever I, I there, there was a time, if I'm honest, in my life where I would have hoped that the Lord would move me somewhere else. Like, I, I wanted to go and live, like, in the mountains or something anyways. Um, but in the last, like, five years, the Lord has really implanted in my heart this desire. Um, I really believe it's His desire for this city and for this region. And, um, and one of the things me and Austin will say, and that we declare but that we believe, is that this is the most desirable place to live in the world. I believe it because the presence of God is here, not just in this, not not just in a church or in the churches, but in this this city, in this region. God declares it His, and I believe that as the people of God, is that we carry a responsibility to be who He's called us to be. Um, I was telling some people this a lot of times, and in, in, in the Christian world, as Christians, we think that you know, we we love to be on mission. Tell me what to do. Tell me where to go. And we have this idea that the Lord is sending us out, and he's got his clipboard, and he stays behind. He's like, all right, go do this. And he's taking notes, like, how good did you do? Like, did you tell that person? Did you, did you do this? Did you do everything right? And, and that's sometimes how we, in our minds, if we were to really think about it, that's how we think. But the truth is, is that the Lord, he, he doesn't just send you out from himself. He actually... Whatever he's desiring for your life and whatever he's desiring to do, he's already doing it and he's inviting you to come alongside him and join him. He is above everything else. He wants to be close to you and he wants to be in relationship with you. Jesus understood. He said, I I don't do anything apart from the father. I don't do like if if he says it, I say it. If I see him do it, that's what I'm going to do. I do nothing of my own. Why? He understood that he understood where life was and he understood where the power was at. Right? And it doesn't that simplify things. Uh, hopefully that takes a burden off of someone's shoulders that the Lord hasn't sent you out on your own to see how you do. He's actually invited you into what he's doing, into the Father's business, into his kingdom. And he says, come alongside me. Let me show you how I work. Let me show you how I speak. Let me show you how to live. Let me show you what to carry and what to not to carry, right? And you just have to, to understand, if you understand that he loves you, you'll be drawn to him. If you think that he just wants something from you, you'll push away. Right? What happens whenever you recognize his love, you begin to carry his nature in the earth. And you realize he doesn't want something from me, but he wants to impart something to me so that it can go through me. Right? So, it's good news. Um, Two weeks ago, um, on a Sunday morning, really the last two weeks, 
um, felt like the Lord gave us a word for this church, for our body. And, um, and it was, it, it's in Joshua chapter um, 3, where Joshua is leading the children of Israel into the promised land. If you know the story, Moses came, he was part of delivering the children of Israel from Egypt, but because of their doubt, because of their unbelief, because they didn't partner with God, a whole generation had to walk for 40 years in the wilderness and die off so that a people who actually would believe God would enter into the land, right? And so we, I believe that what the Lord was saying over this body, the, the, whenever Joshua got to the Jordan River, they were crossing over into the promised land, they, the, what happened was the Lord told him, do this. He said, I want you to tell the people to consecrate themselves, which means this, to be set apart. There was a purifying. There was a, I'm looking at everything in my life that doesn't belong to the Lord, and I'm consecrating myself completely unto him. I'm, I'm offering up every thought. I'm offering up every opinion, every life decision, every preference, every desire. I'm laying it on the altar to say, Lord, I'm fully yours. I'm trusting that you actually know what's best for me. I'm trusting that you're, as I delight in you, that you're going to give me the right desires of my heart. Right? And so the, the first command was consecrate yourselves. And he said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. I'm going to do great things among you. There's something about the consecration and the purity of your life that attracts the power of God. Without purity, there's no power. It's why the Lord wants to mark his body in purity. And I'm not saying perfection. It doesn't mean that you get it right every time. It just means that you're leaning on someone. It means that you have set yourself apart to say, if, if I do anything that would break connection with the one I love, I, it's got to go. I'm protecting connection with him. I'm protecting intimacy. Gave the example a couple weeks ago is that there's plenty of things that aren't bad that I could do in my marriage but they would break connection with my wife. Might not be sin, might even be a good thing, but if it would break connection with her, I don't want it. Don't want it. And that's what Jesus, he is, I want to say this, the Lord in this hour is not angry with the earth. He is jealous for the earth. He's not angry. He's a jealous lover that says, I want you to have no other God. I want you to have no other one. That's what he's calling us to. And I believe in the body of Christ for a long time. Um, we are, and this, this isn't to sound harsh, I believe it's just that we, it's something we have to say or we'll allow it to linger, is I believe a lot of times we have loved ourselves more than we've loved God. We love the idea of knowing something about God instead of actually knowing God. We, and what we do is we say, well, we know something about God, so that's good enough. And it makes us feel better about ourselves. Right? It's why Paul, he would say to the Corinthian church, he said, look, I might come to you and I'm not the best orator. I'm not the best speaker. I might not come to you in elegant speech, but he said, I'm going to come to you in this. I'm going to come to you in the power of the gospel. There was a purity about Paul's life that he had given himself to no other. He, he wasn't trying to build his own ministry. He wasn't trying to build his own thing. Everything he had was unto the Lord. And because there was a purity, because he was consecrated to the Lord, there was power. 
Um, I'm be honest to you with the message today. Um, I have some scripture, but I feel like we're in this season where the Lord's wanting us to steward this word. And I even feel like over the next few weeks, um, a lot of what this is going to be is it's going to sound more of just a prophetic declaration over you than a nice put together message. Okay, I really feel like there's been seasons for us where I felt like the Lord asked me, don't prepare a sermon. I want I want to give you my heart and I just want want to let you throw it up on everybody. Okay, that's kind of disgusting. Bad, bad picture, okay? Um, anyways, gosh, getting like visuals. All right, y'all good? <laughs> y'all doing good today? Everybody good? Yeah, y'all look great. So the, I believe that the Lord is saying this, consecration. And then what happened is the Lord commanded that the Ark of the Covenant, it represents the presence of God. It goes before the people of Israel. The Lord says that you need to send it before you because where you're going, you've never been. So they needed a leader. And the best leader is always the Lord himself. Right? So I believe he's saying this, consecrate yourselves or you won't recognize the presence of God and you won't know where to go. Right? Hey, if, if, if you're a visitor here, we love you. I'm speaking to the family here today. Like, I want you to know you're loved. If, if for you, I, I believe this, though, the Lord is saying this over the body and the earth. He's saying, consecrate yourselves, come with me into inheritance and into your assignment. I think for too long, we have not gone after the assignment that the Lord has wanted to give us because we have not consecrated ourselves and purified ourselves before the Lord. So we could not receive it and we could not walk in it. But this is a season right now where the Lord is having an invitation saying, I've already been in your promised land. I'm already there engaging in the assignment that I have for you. And I'm asking that you would set yourselves apart so that you could recognize me. Because if you aren't set apart, you're going to think God's doing something that he's not doing. You'll be looking for what is familiar to you and what you've known before instead of the new thing that the Lord wants to do in the earth. But I, and I want to paint a picture of purity for us and consecration. I felt like it was really important. I felt like um, we need to be a people who know how to build an altar to the Lord every day. That's why David said in Psalms 5 where he says daily, I lay out the pieces of my heart before you. He was building an altar. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. It wasn't because he was perfect. He sinned a lot more than Saul. But he knew how to come and lay out his life before the Lord and let the Lord renew a right spirit within him, right? David said, create in me a new heart, uh, create in me a clean heart. When he was saying that, it's the same word for when God created the heavens and the earth. It was this, God created something from nothing. So David's prayer was, the God who can create something from nothing, will you put a clean heart in me, a new heart and that was his life. It was like, Lord, I've got to carry a purity. I, I, why? Because I want to recognize you. I want intimacy with you. The, the motivation of purity is intimacy. Jesus, whenever he said, many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, didn't I do all these things? And Jesus said, I'm going to tell them, leave, because I never knew you. That word is to be intimately acquainted with. It means to know. It means this, knowing something about God isn't enough. It's the sitting with him. It's the learning him. It's the turning away from yourself. 
It's the, it's, it's the putting yourself on the altar and surrendering for the sake of having life and life to the fullest. It's, it's to know him. It's realizing I am the design and he's the designer. I'm the created and he's the creator. He is God. I'm not. And he's good and he's faithful and he's kind. Right? And so there, there is an... I, I, I want you to hear this, is that there is a great invitation. And if you saw yourself the way that God saw you, you would never want to be anything else. You're not insignificant, but you were not made for heavy things. You were not designed for sin. And, even, and that's why even whenever you sin, you can still step into purity. Whenever you have a pure heart, you can mess up, but you can come right back into purity. It's that... What I did isn't going to define who I am. Who I am is beginning to define what I do. And I'm learning to walk that life. I'm learning to walk that life. I'm learning to wear righteousness well. The Lord doesn't condemn you. He doesn't beat you. He wants you to see who you really are in him so that you can actually be who you really are in him. Right? It's a good word. All right. I want to read this in some mouthful in Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to actually read this in the Passion Translation, but I'm going to put it up on the screen. Did I give you guys Ephesians 2? All right, perfect. Let's start in um, verse 1. It's a good starting place. In, and his fullness fills you, even though you were once like corpses dead in your sins and offenses. Anybody used to be dead in sin? Anybody? A few of y'all? All right. It wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. It wasn't that long ago that you lived in the in the religion, customs, and values of this world, obeying the dark ruler of the earthly realm, who fills the atmosphere with his authority and works diligently in the hearts of those who are disobedient to the truth of God. Verse three: The corruption that was in us from birth was expressed through the deeds and desires of our self life. We lived by whatever natural cravings and thoughts our minds dictated, living as rebellious children subject to God's wrath like everyone else. Stay there for a minute. We live, it says this, it says, and, uh, it says the deeds and desires of our self-life. How many of you know there's a distinction he's bringing here where he's saying that your old life was the self-life. The old life was the life where you did whatever you wanted where you thought it was about you. And it actually, in your heart, separated you from God. It made you not be able to see God for who he was. Right? And then, let's go to next verse, verse 4. But God, everybody say, but God, still loved us. How many of you are glad he loved you in your mess, right? He still loves you in your mess. With such great love, he is so rich in compassion and mercy. Even when we were dead and doomed in our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ. Man, he united us into the very life of Christ. Not into, a, not into just the life, it was the very life of Christ. And saved us by his wonderful grace. Amen? Isn't that good news? So, there was a transformation that happened. There was a distinction that, was supposed, that, that comes to our lives whenever he is Lord. Whenever we have, see, salvation is not that you have been saved, just that you have been saved from something. You have been saved unto something. You, are, you have been set apart 
for, to be something, to be something completely different than you were before. Right? See, the gospel is the only, you could say it's the only religion that is transformational. The gospel wasn't just supposed to be a set of beliefs. It is not a set of beliefs. It is not a rule book. It is transformational. It is that you are something old, but you have become something new. And in this new life, you are completely his. Your life is no longer your own. Because the old life was the self-life. The old life was, hey, I feel it. Let's do it. Let me say this. The, the spirit of the age that is in operation today is the self-life. It lets you know whatever feels right. Right? Whatever feels, what anything goes. We live in the day that the Bible is prophesied about. That whenever we begin to call what is good evil and what is evil good. And I can tell you this, is that there are many voices. There are many voices that seem really good, but they are demonic in nature. And I want to say this, and I'm telling you this because I love you, is that when you begin to come into agreement with something that is not what God is saying, it brings you out of communion with him. Not because he doesn't want communion with you, but he can't agree with what you agree with. And that is why, in that picture I told you of me and my wife, where it might seem good, but I can't have it because it would break connection, it's, it's why I don't want my own opinion. I want his opinion. It's, it's why I don't want to just believe what everybody else has to say or just what my flesh wants or just what my mind is thinking. I don't want it because I'm saying I'm going through something and I'm saying, God, do whatever you want, but I need connection with you. I need to be close to you. I've got to know your heart. In a world where there's so many voices, I need your voice. It's like what Anita was talking about with the, with the blinders, right? It's like, Lord, put these on me where I see you and you alone. Because you are, because it's this, is that the Bible says that you are co-heirs with Christ. What a mystery, and that you are actually co-glorified with Christ. What a mystery that the God of all heaven would actually share in his labor and glory with you. And me, together. But the way it works is that it is only the consecrated ones that will see the consecrated God. That will see the holy. That's why it says, be holy for I am holy. Now, we come to him. We, we don't get right so we can come to him. We come to him so we can get right. But you actually have to surrender to the process of him making you holy. You have to actually let holiness touch you. You have to lose your opinion. You have to lose all. Look, if, if, if you are trying to build a theology around something that has to do with you, then you're probably missing it. If it leads you only to figure out you, you're probably missing it. If it is, if it is uh, you're building what you believe around the Lord by pressing into him and him alone, then you will find him because he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And he is the reward. Come on, church. You, we, I believe the Lord wants you to come alive to him. First, uh, let me, ah, I'm feeling good today. I feel, I feel the Lord here. Come on. 
Y'all good? I hope y'all are encouraged today because you need to know, yeah, you need to know that the Lord, what better invitation is there than the invitation of the Lord? Um, I felt like the Lord gave me a word for the, um, the house today. And this, this might not apply to everybody. It might apply to some people in different ways. But the Lord brought me to the story of Hannah, um, who was the prophet Samuel's mom. Okay. Um, you can read this in Samuel chapter 1. Hannah um, had a husband who was faithful every year to go to the temple, make sacrifices. He had two wives. Um, Hannah was one wife. His other wife had sons and daughters. Hannah, it says that the Lord closed her womb. All right, so you read this story, and, and I'm giving you a spiritual reality here, okay? This isn't me talking about barrenness, anything. I'm talking about what, th- this is a spiritual truth, okay? Um, it, how many of you know that, that God always intended Samuel to be born? God knew him before he was formed in his mother's womb, right? Still, he closed Hannah's womb. Be like, God, that's so wrong. Why would you do that? All right? Let me show you why. All right? Hannah, um, it says that the, uh, the other wife would poke at Hannah, make fun of her. She would, she would gloat, like, look at my kids. Where's yours? You can't give your husband a son. But I believe that Hannah understood that she had purpose in giving birth to a son. I believe prophetically that she knew she was supposed to birth something. It's why there was such travail. Even her husband came to her and whenever she was sad and she wouldn't eat, and he said, why are you sad? Am I, am I not mean more to you than, um, than ten sons? And I believe her heart cry was like, yeah, I love you, but I'm supposed to birth something. I love you, but there's something in me that's supposed to come out. I know it. I know it. And the story goes on to where Hannah ends up in the temple and she's travailing before the Lord. And she, she says this, um, she makes this vow to the Lord. She says, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. If you give me a son, I'll give him completely to you. No razor will touch his head. She was, she was saying he will be consecrated unto you. And And so God gives her a son, and after he's weaned, he becomes Samuel, the prophet, who ends up leading the nation, and he's the prophet who anoints Saul and David. He anoints King David, the one who, through David's lineage, would come Jesus. Talk about a call, right? You wonder why Hannah was in such travail, because there was something great that she was meant to birth. But this is what I feel like the Lord was showing me, is that there's some of you here today that the Lord closed your spiritual womb, but it wasn't because he didn't love you or it wasn't because there wasn't a calling in something that you were supposed to birth. It was because in the travail and in the barrenness, you were supposed to lose yourself. You were supposed, it would bring you to the place where you said, Lord, if you would just cause me to birth what's in me, I'd give it all to you because it's all yours anyway. And some of you, even in the room, is through the years, you have fought for your own, um, your own personality, your own ministry, your own calling. And, and because you have remained barren, is, you didn't walk through the barren season and let go of yourself and give it to the Lord. 
And the Lord doesn't condemn you, but he says, I'm inviting you back into the barren season so you can again learn to travail and birth what I've always purposed for you to birth. Amen? And so I don't know who all that speaks to, but the Lord is saying today is that he is the one who marks you, who calls you by name. He knows you. He knows what you were meant to birth. He knows, why, he knows what he made you for and why he made you. But he's saying this, if you would give it to me, if you'd give me your future, if you'd give me your calling, if you'd give me your personality, your desires, your flaws, and if you would let me reign and be Lord, then you're going to birth something. The womb will be opened and you will birth something. Amen? All right, that was the word. I'm almost I'm about to wrap this up, okay? I've got a lot more, but I feel like the Lord said, said and is about to finish saying what he wants. I, I want to I wrap up with, with a couple of thoughts. Um, for many of you, the, the thing that has stood in your way of becoming like Jesus has been the self-life. And, and the Lord's not mad at you. He's just inviting you into a better way. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely reject and disown your own life. Strong words. Jesus knew as creator and as designer that if he's not present and he's not leading you, you're not going to get it right. You're going to be a hammer trying to be a screwdriver. (laughs) And the designer is saying, I want to actually come alongside you. And I want to show you how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. I want to show you what it looks like when you quit trying to justify because you've been carrying something and calling yourself something for so so long. I want to show you that that's not what I meant for you to carry and what I've been calling you to. I actually want the design to get connected to the designer And there's going to be power. There's going to be purity. There's going to be purpose. Right? All the P's. But the Lord is inviting you, church, into something new. You know, there is a satanic Bible. And you know what the golden rule of the satanic Bible is? You know what they start with? Do as thou will. Do what you want to do. Feels good. Do it. If it makes sense, if you can figure it out with human reasoning, go for it. But Jesus, he's saying, hey, if you want to find your life, lose it. True life is found in, it is losing the self-life so that you can learn the God life. You can have his real life in you. And his heart for you is to be fully alive. How many of you want to be fully alive? How many of you want to cross into your calling and cross into assignment? How many of you want to be doing what he's doing? Saying what he's saying? Not carrying the weight of what you're not. Not carrying the weight of opinions the Lord doesn't have. If you've taken on an ideology and it's heavy, it might not be the Lord. Probably not the Lord. If it doesn't sound like redemption, if it doesn't sound 
like you need faith to walk it out, it might not be him. Man, I, I know in my heart that there are purposes for this region and for your lives that the Lord is ready to engage with. He's ready. David, the Bible says that he fulfilled every purpose for his generation. I believe the Lord is looking for some purpose fillers. But it's going to be purity and consecration and the dying to your own self so that you can come alive to him and you can actually properly see him and you. Come on, if today, if you're saying, hey, I want that, I want you to stand with me. If you're saying, hey, I, I want purity, I want consecration, I want all he has, let's do this. I just want you to put your hand on your heart. I want us to build an altar this morning to say, Lord, it's all yours. Truth is, is that every day, if you want to know what it's like to be consecrated and live in purity, it's that you build an altar every day. You build an altar, he'll send the fire. Fire purifies. In Malachi, he said that in that day, he's going to come like the refiner's fire. He's going to come like the launderer's soap. He's coming to refine. He's coming to cleanse. But we have to build an altar. An altar means, Lord, like David said, Lord, search my heart. Search my heart, Lord. Is there any place that has broken connection with you? Is there any way I've been thinking, anything I've been believing that has broken connection with you? Not because you weren't ready. It was because I couldn't see it because I believed something you didn't. And if that's you, some of you today, with your hand on your heart, you just need to tell the Lord, search this, Lord. Search my heart. Search my heart. The Lord says, will you return to your first love? Will you return to your first love where it's just about him? We can sing songs that say nothing else matters. Jesus be the center. But the reality of it is like that's that's a nice song, a good melody. But if you want him to be the center. It's going to require a death. It requires a I lose my things so I can have you. I say this is that. Death to the old man and death to the self is the best death ever. Because it's the only way to live. It's the only way to live. Let the old die. Lord, I pray that even right now that you would consecrate our hearts. That you would birth desire for holiness and purity. Lord, that we would draw near to you. That there would be no secret place in our hearts Lord, that we wouldn't count this life as our own, our opinions as our own. Lord, if we want part in you, it's that you are Lord. Come on, put your, put your hand on your forehead and say, Lord, search my mind. Search my thoughts. If it's not how you think, Lord, come and correct it. Come and correct it. Lord, I want, your word says that we've been given the mind of Christ. Lord, I receive the mind of Christ. 
Lord, that I wouldn't be carnal in nature, but I'd be like uh, those who are led by the Spirit, who are the children of God. That is your calling, is that those who are led by the Spirit are the children of God. Today, the Lord calls you out of carnality. He calls you out of the self-life, and He calls you into one who is led by the Spirit, that your, um, that your whole life, that your whole reality, that your perception is formed by the Spirit of God and no other. It's that he would deposit his love so that you can release it. So Jesus, come. We say, come and touch our hearts and our minds. That we would be one with you. That we would walk with you. That we would be those who know you. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. I want to close with this is I want us just as a house, if you're part of the, the family here, part of this community, I just want us to make a decision together that we say, Lord, we're crossing the Jordan. We're crossing over into inheritance and assignment and that we'll remain consecrated to you and making your presence the leader. So today, why don't you just do this? Why don't you just put your hand on the sh- someone's shoulder next to you? And we just say this, together, Lord, we say yes to all that you have for us. We say yes to purity. We say yes to consecration. And we say yes to your presence. Come and have your way. Come and release your kingdom in the earth. Thank you for an open heaven over this region that the lost are coming to you, that those who don't know you are going to find you. I thank you, Lord, for celebration in the streets over what you've done, Jesus. And so I thank you, Lord, that the church is beginning to step outside of the church and we're going to start being the church and we're going to start walking with the broken and healing the broken because we have become singular in focus. We have this one thing and it's you, Lord. I thank you that out of intimacy, you're birthing purity and out of purity, Lord, you're drawing all men to yourself. So, Lord, we bless you today. We honor you. Thank you for your church. I bless you guys in the name of Jesus with peace and joy. Bless you with righteousness. We just declare of you lives that you're going to walk in the favor and the goodness of God. Like David said, surely his goodness and mercy will chase after me all the days of my life. I declare over your lives that goodness and mercy is chasing after you as you allow the good shepherd to lead you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yeah, come on. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.